The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hi, everybody. We'll get started maybe two minutes. But uh, most of you know, hopefully by now, that this winter course we're studying mindfulness of the body. So just in a very relaxed way where you don't, no one would suspect you're meditating, <laughs> just be aware of this simple, direct, subjective experience, there is a body. How do I know there's a body? Ah, oh, it, it's like this. Because this is actually what we want to do all day long, learning to live in a fully embodied way. So these little places in our lives where we're waiting, it's a really good time to realize, oh yeah, there's a body here. Can this embodied presence be sustained? Well, let's see. What kind of effort is needed to sustain this embodied presence? So I went ahead and pasted about the link uh, for folks who may want to leave a contribution to the center, but also the chant that we do at the beginning of all of our Buddhist studies classes, or almost all of them, the three refuges. It's just our way, in the early Buddhist tradition at least, but really most Buddhist traditions regularly use this chant of remembering our practice, which are these three refuges, taking refuge in Buddha, which means wakefulness, this simple, in a way, radical openness to the way it is. And Dhamma means the way that it is. So it's always Buddha waking up to Dhamma. And that allows us, supports us in being Sangha, responding, showing up, coming this action, this way of being in the world, the choices we make coming out of, Buddha knowing Dhamma, being intimate with the way it is. So let's do the chant, and then we'll sit. And this evening in the sit, we're going to work with the last three contemplations. So I briefly mentioned the contemplation on impermanence of body last week. So we'll do the anatomical parts, then we'll do the elements, and then we'll do the contemplation on the impermanence of the body. Now, remember these contemplations, they involve imagination and thought and keeping this contemplation in mind. So you probably can guess what I'm about to say. We do the best we can and we let that be good enough. And when the mind gets carried away in distraction or whatever, then in a friendly way, we just begin again. And we're really exploring how to use these three contemplations that I'll guide us through as a kind of medicine that brings the mind in balance so that our relationship with the body becomes more real and less idealistic or less a matter of our habit. So these contemplations really help correct all the idealism that's in our mind around the body or all of our habits of misperceiving, misunderstanding. 
Great. So let's go ahead and do the chant. So sitting in a comfortable, upright way. I'll ring the bell three times, and then we'll do the chant together. you can to make any adjustments if needed and to settle in and we're learning to trust this embodied presence and we can always come back to the sense of embodiment so if the contemplations that I'm guiding us through seem intense or not the right medicine, then let's just come back to this whole body awareness, this kind, generous, sensitive, allowing awareness of the body. So let's take a minute or two to remember how available this whole body awareness is breathing in, willing to be sensitive to the whole body, breathing out this willingness to be sensitive, open to the whole body just as it is, one half breath at a time.
and really sense the generous and kind the generous and kind presence here. It's a beautiful way to take care of the body, to learn how to show up and sustain this present moment awareness as we breathe in, as the breath goes out. and realizing that so much in the world remains unresolved, but that's okay right now. Just to be aware of breathing in and sensitive to the whole body and to be aware of breathing out and sensitive to the whole body. So we're going to go through the anatomical parts meditation we've done the last few weeks. We began at the top of the head and just that felt sense of the head and the face in a very simple and direct way. And in particular aware of the skin here in the head and face. And there's this very simple and clear understanding there is skin. Skin of the head, skin of the face. So both the felt sense of skin, however that might be for you, but also the idea, the concept, yep, there is skin around the head and face. The ears, the eyelids, lips different kinds of skin, skin around the nose. There is skin, just skin. And we bring the attention to both shoulders and the whole neck, front, sides and back of the neck, top of the shoulders. And again, the simple recognition, there is skin here, skin of the neck, skin of the throat, skin along the tops of the shoulders, the shoulder joints, skin. Just keeping this general body part in mind as we then let the tension come down into both arms, so the biceps of both arms, skin, underarms, skin. The bend of the elbows may be slightly more callous skin. The forearms and the wrists skin. Back of the hands, palms and skin around the fingers. Lots of skin here through both arms, hands, fingers sensitive, understanding, skin, there's skin here. It's really a simple truth, don't feel like you need to complicate things. 
So we begin to feel now the upper chest and sense the upper back. And again, that recognition there is skin here. Around the rib cage, around the shoulder blades, from the shoulders down through the top part of the torso, skin. And around the diaphragm, the solar plexus, the mid-spine, the mid-back, skin. And the lower part of the torso, over the abdomen, over the back of the hips, around the pelvis, skin. Yes, there's skin. And from the pelvis, both thighs, skin. And over the knees, skin. And the shins and calves, skin. And around the feet, the relative callousness of the heel and bottom of the foot and the toes and top, tops of the feet, recognizing the truth of skin. And as we sense the whole body and just the reality of skin throughout the body, we just contemplate it with non-attachment. Yeah, it's just skin. It's neither beautiful skin, nor is it ugly. It's just what it is. It's a bunch of skin. Some skin has hair, lots of hair, some very little hair. Skin. And now from the soles of the feet will come up. And this time we're going to do our best to attune to the reality of flesh. So beginning with our toes, under the skin, there's a little fleshy parts there in the toes. And we just sense that and imagine it and recognize the reality. Yeah, there's fleshy parts there in the toes and throughout the foot. Just sensing the moist, fleshy, Parts there in the feet and the bigger muscles as we move up through the calves and just sensing the weight and wetness of the flesh there in the lower legs and then up through the thighs. Lots of flesh. Muscles, of course. Other aspects of the flesh. And then in the lower third of the torso, all the abdominal organs, sexual organs, flesh. Just contemplating in a balanced way. We're not trying to be averse. And of course, we're not, probably not attracted either. It's just what it is, it's just flesh. In the mid torso, the upper part of the intestines and the lower part of the lungs and all the other organs here 
upper chest, so feeling, sensing the heart and the lungs and the other organs and muscles and other aspects of the flesh here in the torso. Of course, there's a lot of flesh here in the torso. Just flesh, filling the body here. And in the shoulders and down both arms, just sensing, recognizing the muscles, the flesh, even underneath the skin of each finger, under the pads are just a little flesh, muscles, blood, the juicy parts of the body. And up through the neck, flesh. And inside the head, inside the tongue, the eyes, the brain, lots of flesh here in the head. And throughout the whole body, taking our time and for a few seconds, just acknowledging the simple truth, recognition, there is flesh. And we're cultivating this non-attachment neither attracted nor repulsed by the flesh. Just flesh. And then coming down through the body, recognizing the truth of bones. So again, we begin at the head now. And just sensing, contemplating the truth of the skull the hardness of, hardness of the jaw and the teeth, even the little bones of the inner ear. Bones. Bones of the head. Bones of the neck, the upper spine. Bones of the collarbones and shoulders and shoulder joints here. Bones of the arms, bones of the hands. There are these bones. So use your imagination and your felt sense. We're just keeping the simple truth in mind, bones. So we go down through the torso Sensing the structure of the ribcage, bones. Sensing the spine, bones. Sensing the thicker bones of the pelvis, hips, floor, sits bones. Lots of bone here at the pelvis. And the bones coming out of the hip sockets, the thighs, bones. And the knees, just bones. Down through the shins, to the ankles, to the heels, bones. And the bones of the feet and the toes, lots of bones, little bones, bigger bones and sensing the whole body, the bones of the whole body, 
just contemplating bones, the skeleton, without any attachment, without any need to view it as beautiful or ugly. It's just bones doing what bones do. Bones. And we're going to do the four elements. Having done the anatomical parts and really done our best to see the body in this neutral way, to tease out the story that the body is either beautiful or ugly, and to begin to have a story of the body, an idea of the body of being just these parts, a bunch of skin, a lot of flesh, and of course all the bones. But now we'll practice viewing the body in this non-conceptual way, and we'll use the four elements. So let's begin just opening and being more specifically interested in the quality of sensation now in the head. And one of the easiest sensations to recognize is what in early Buddhism they called the earth elements. That's the hardness, softness, the smooth and roughness, heaviness and lightness. But in particular, just noticing hardness, like Teeth, touching teeth, hardness. So feel the earthy element of the material experience in the head. And feel the earth element in the shoulders and the neck. Any heaviness, any hardness, even the relative lightness of our clothes, there's a little hardness and a little heaviness as we feel the clothes making contact with the body. There's some earthiness. And we feel the earth element in the arms and hands, especially any place of contact, the pressure, the hardness of the touch or the lightness of the touch. opening to the entire torso with an eye, with an interest in the earth element. All the way to the floor of the pelvis. You might especially notice that in terms of the sits bones against the cushion or chair. Hardness down both legs, earth, all the way down to the heels, perhaps a more clear sense of hardness, down through both feet to the toes. And we take the time and we sense earth the earth element all the way through the body, from the top of the head down to the bottoms of the feet. 
and this earth and element that we feel, the hardness and softness and roughness and smoothness and heaviness and lightness, the specifics of our sensations, they're not really personal, are they? It's just what hardness feels like or lightness feels like. And now from the bottoms of the feet, we move up and we're going to attune to the water element, which is really more the cohesive, moist, and its opposite. It's really what they mean by that water element term. So just feeling both feet and the cohesive how the sensations, the actual sensations here now on the feet and lower legs, there's a sense of cohesiveness. Like they all link together, belong together. The sensory experience of the lower legs and feet and the thighs and pelvis. This moist and cohesive quality we call the water element, the entire torso, how it coheres, it feels cohesive, shoulders and arms and hands, and the entire head and neck, face, whole body cohering as a unity, belonging together. This is the, what in early Buddhism they called the water element. So just do the best you can to sense that and to sense that that cohesive feeling in the body now, it's not really personal. It's just this sensation being known, this particular specific aspect of sensation being known. That's all. And from the water element, we're going to bring to mind the fire element. So this has to do with temperature. So again, we're at the top of the head. And we're just noticing the relative heat or coolness. But everywhere we attune in the body, there is a temperature, a relative coolness or a relative warmth. Just notice the fire element throughout the head, throughout the neck and throat and shoulders, scanning and opening with this specific interest and noticing temperature. Yeah, it's just warmth or coolness. It's just what it is, the specific aspect of sensation down both arms, places of relative coolness, places of relative warmth. And we're getting interested in the experience of heat and coolness. It's not really personal. In the hands, of course, fingers. Down the torso, front side, back side. Just aware of temperature 
from the top to the bottom of the torso, where there's heat, where there's coolness, where there's something in between. Temperature. And from the pelvis down both legs, take your time. Just a lot of temperature being known as we feel down through the body, the legs, down into the feet, coolness perhaps. Check it out. The toes. Temperature. And the whole body together for a few seconds specifically interested in the sensation of temperature, relative warmth, relative coolness. Body is alive with this experience of temperature. And again, especially we want to notice how impersonal the warmth or the coolness is. It's just how it is because of so many causes and conditions. Warmth here, coolness there. This is how it is. And then from the bottoms of the feet, we'll move up and we'll be aware of the wind element or the air element, which is the experience of movement, basically, pushing, pressure, And when that movement is being held, then the wind element can appear as a kind of structure or supporting structure, like the uprightness of the spine is is partly that experience of what in early Buddhism was called the wind element or the air element. So let's begin in the feet and just notice any subtle or not so subtle movements and flow and Pressure, pushing down, and then up rather through the legs. Pelvis. And in the torso, we'll feel, of course, the very obvious movement of breath. This is the wind element. Both arms, both hands, the shoulders, neck, head. Feeling that movement through the nostrils, any kind of flow, any place of pressure, structure, wind element. The whole body a sense of movement and pressure and pushing structure throughout the whole body, wind element. And of course, the wind element, like all the other elements, it's not really personal. Wherever we feel movement, yeah, that's just movement being known. It's not, in a very real sense, it's not my movement. It's just that experience of movement. Not so different than anybody's experience of movement or heat or hardness or the moist, cohering quality of the water element. 
nothing really personal as we feel the fullness and diversity of sensation throughout the body. It's very clear being aware of the whole body in this way that none of the specific sensations that are coming and going, none of them are actually personal. Whatever particular sensation or combination of sensations so clear that it's just nature unfolding and this unfolding of sensation here is not so different than the unfolding of sensation in any body just a bunch of hardness and softness and smoothness and roughness and warmth and coolness movement and structure being held and that cohering, cohesive quality of the water element, how the body appears to be all together as one thing. So we just sense how impersonal it is. And we'll take another seven minutes and we're going to begin by just feeling that wind element of the breath in the body sitting, breath comes in, breath goes out. And of course we know we're alive. So I'm sorry. <clears throat> Looks like I was offline for a while. Not sure how long I was off. Glad you're still here. But we're about to do the last of the three reflections. We finished the anatomical parts and the four elements. And now we'll do <clears throat> the meditation on the impermanence of the body. So for another five or ten minutes, sitting as comfortably as you can, without forcing it, just allowing the body to be relatively still. And we feel the breath moving in the body. <clears throat> and this movement of breath, in a way, is our gauge, right? As long as the breath is moving, we know there is life in this body. And there's something really profound in making that obvious and simple connection between the movement of the breath and the life of this body. That they're really, of course, completely tied. No life without breath, no breath without life. So just contemplate that for a few breaths. The breath of life. Each breath, as we know, just in this biological sense, 
feeding, helping to feed all the systems, the cells, the organs with oxygen. And the other thing we can contemplate, so the first thing is just the relationship between the breathing process and the life of the body. And the second thing to contemplate is we know the breath will end at some point with the death of the body, but we don't know when that's going to happen. Excuse me. We know the body will die, we know the breath will end, but we don't know when. So the contemplation now for the next five minutes is as you're breathing in in a relaxed way, in your own way, in a way that feels appropriate, just contemplate the uncertainty of when the last breath will be. Even although not likely, this could even be the last in-breath. I don't really know. And then as you exhale, just practice relaxing, coming into the body, feeling like you belong in the moment. And then again, pick up with the next in-breath. Oh yeah, this could be the last breath in. Who knows? And even if it isn't the last breath in, for sure it's one breath closer to the last breath. Now everybody has to kind of find their own way with this contemplation. So again, with the in-breath, we're just contemplating the uncertainty of the time of death. In fact, it could even be this breath as the last. We don't really know. And with the out-breath, We just soothe and invite a relaxation and we pick up the reflection again. Is this the last breath? Well, I know it's one breath closer at the very least to the last breath. So just do the best you can for the next five minutes. And you can even simplify the reflection with the in-breath. You can contemplate the simple truth, this body will die. And with the out-breath, 
Right now this body is alive and it's okay to relax. Something like that. But find your own way, experiment a little. See what seems helpful. So we're simply normalizing the truth of uncertainty, the truth of mortality. We're not trying to make a big deal about it. We're just grounding in what has always been true. This isn't a new truth. If we're surprised, it's just because we've been in denial or distracted. This body will die Can this be okay? Can it actually be peaceful and enlivening to integrate or to open to the reality of uncertainty, the reality that this body will die? And that this present moment, this is what we have. 
this moment, one moment at a time. This is what we have. And finally, just to contemplate for a few more seconds, again, using imagination, using thought, what would it be like for me to live attuned to the truth of the mortality of this body? Like to be integrating, remembering in a very ordinary but ongoing way. Never to be forgetful that this body will die and I don't know when or how. And of course, as you open your eyes now and look at the screen and sense that you live with other people perhaps or neighbors, not only will this body end, but everybody's body dies. All my loved ones, my neighbors, and not only that, nobody really knows when or how. This really omnipresent truth of uncertainty, it's always been like this. Things have always been uncertain around the how and the when of the ending of this body. So just imagine, well, what would it be like, you know, we're just kind of contemplating, imagine tomorrow, later this evening, what, it would, what would it feel like, what would it be like to always have that integrated in? Not that I'm thinking about it obsessively, but just like, oh yeah, just like we're learning to be embodied, to be aware of sensation, or even including in that experience of embodiment, it's fragility, like it's, it's here now, it feels like this now, there's an in-breath and an out-breath now, but I'm not sure about later. The future is uncertain, the past is gone, all I really have is this moment. That's all I have is this moment. And so we move through life as with the sense that there's nothing out there in the so-called future that's dependable. It's, it's by very definition not dependable. It's uncertain. That's just the very nature of the fut- what we call the future. It's unknown. We have this, but we don't know what's next. We just know this. So I really encourage you to play with this contemplation for this last week of our course and then for the rest of our lives. <laughs> it's really powerful contemplation. And like a lot of the Buddhist contemplations, there's really an important place for um, creativity. Like, how am I going to keep it in mind? And how will I know I've gotten off track and I'm just being morbid? Or I'm doing it in a light way, L-I-T-E, you know, not, not really kind of putting my heart in a place where there's learning and discovery. How can I find that sweet middle ground where there's some playfulness, it's enlivening, but there's some real learning too. I'm, I'm realizing things seeing things that I haven't discovered or realized or understood before through the contemplation of impermanence. 